I feel like one of the best moments of Shocktober was uh, the, the diarrhea prank call. So uh, I want to play that for Chris right now. And, you know, it's worth it for Felix to hear it again, too, and for me. Let's uh, let's listen to some diarrhea. This is a this is off of Box of Sharpies. This is off of the Man Cow album that sold 100,000 copies for charity, he claimed, to Chris Farley during a commercial break. <laughs> so here we go. You missed some of the good stuff. That's all I got to tell you. You certainly do. This is a pharmacist. That is madness inducing. This is pharmacist? Is that what she, she said? Starts, yes. The first line of the call is this is pharmacist, which I don't even fucking, I can't even like wrap my mind around being that lazy. You know, like yeah. as a writer, you know, I'm a lazy fucking guy, but like give the pharmacy a name. maybe. Also, you can also it would have been more believable to just to actually cut it down and just say pharmacy. That would have worked as well. <laughs> no, but, yeah, yeah. But they somehow went with the only thing that just doesn't work. They somehow <laughs> picked the only like uh, a formation of words that would not work in that situation. <laughs> well, Chicago is a small town. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. one pharmacy there. Everybody knows pharmacy. Yeah, pharmacy. Yeah, the famous <laughs> pharmacy in Chicago. Pharmacy. Pharmacy, <laughs> which is staffed by the only pharmacist in town. Pharmacy. <laughs> and, and she and like the problem with her, like everyone knows her weakness. If she hears the word diarrhea, she can't do it. <laughs> like uproariously hilarious. Here we go. It's really unfortunate shit. You know. <laughs> I'm in, cool. Hello, can you help me? I don't know. What's your problem? I've I've got the showers. <laughs> he fucked it up. <laughs> he <laughs> sucks so <laughs> Why couldn't you retake this? This is fake. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're recording it. Just do it again. <laughs> he sucks so bad. <laughs> so we could literally do a year of podcasts analyzing these because every like literally every line of dialogue has like seven things wrong with it. <laughs> I've got There's no chance he meant that, right? There's no chance he meant showers no because he he corrects himself and says the chocolate oh. showers after it which fucks the joke oh. up anyway because oh. like he's already revealed the showers part <laughs> i've got the showers like who would even fucking if you called pharmacist and told him you have the showers they would have no idea what you were talking yeah they'd be like so what far. what man <laughs> this call on this call so far it's been hello this is pharmacy i've got showers <laughs> Uh, uh, I've got showers. The, the uh, chocolate showers. I, uh, I'm pooping out of my asshole. Like, like he's so fucking still. Like, I want to. I wish that there was like. I wish that the man cow program. I wish that it was like the Nixon White House, and he was just a paranoid maniac who recorded everyone. Because like, I would love to see the meetings where he proposes. Because this this feels like a man cow idea. This has like, to be a man. Cow. It has his his handwriting all over it. There's the devil's handiwork of shit all over it. <laughs> and it, it, like I like how did he sell like first of all, his staff couldn't say no, but was it was it just like Yeah, uh 
You know how you like first, second, like, oh my god! Like even in the nineties, <laughs> you wouldn't call the pharmacist as an adult, being like, yeah. "Can you fix my diarrhea?" <laughs> yeah. Like you would generally know what to buy. Yeah. Also, I you think like go there. <laughs> yes, one thing I also think is that like, um, if you had diarrhea, you would like. Like calling another place, like it, okay. So like, if you called Target and said I have diarrhea, or if you called like a bowling alley and said I have diarrhea, can you fix it? I think there's a joke there, probably. But calling yeah. a pharmacy and asking them what to do for diarrhea is literally their job. Like they would, yeah. they're supposed to tell you what to do <laughs> if you have diarrhea. Yeah, they're supposed to be like, well, what you want to take is. Uh... <laughs> So here, here's a little more. Also, just by the way, hearing the fart noises, like, like, why did he have to put the? I understand why he put the fart noises in because he's dumb and he, he thought it heightened it, but it doesn't. It makes it seem more fake. Here's more showers. I've got really, really bad squirts. Um, you can get something called Amodium AD. Oh, yeah. Oh, so it's pretty straightforward get, call so far. It's literally <laughs> it's what you call with the pharmacist so That's far. Literally, what would happen if you call a pharmacy? <laughs> like this. So, like, even like they could have done anything they wanted, and their fake pharmacist, he's like his like asshole. It has like three XLRs on it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it wouldn't sound like that. Like to no. act, to call somebody on the phone, and you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> like you would have to have like studio quality mics literally inside your asshole. <laughs> yeah. And even even that, like the even that the this completely made up call with like I don't know some woman who works in fucking like ad cells. They, she's like, oh yeah, you could buy this medication for your diarrhea. I know, the, yeah. like if you were gonna write the funny fucking joke, you would ma- make her get all flustered about it. Not like exactly the, the exact right answer. <laughs> yeah, it's like he loses even in this made up scenario. Like they put <laughs> yeah, he- t- they put a key ball up for man cow in a fake game where the scoreboard already says he wins, and his pants fell down. He fucking face planted. He fucking sucks so much. <laughs> Here's a little more. Get off my toilet. Okay, do you have somebody that you uh, can send after something? I don't. I'm like making a butt mall every second here. I got a what? I'm trying to figure that out. I can't figure. Like a chocolate malt. Like a chocolate malt. He's making a butt mall. But these aren't like these aren't terms or anything, you know. These aren't like things. It would it wouldn't you wouldn't laugh at you wouldn't be like oh that's weird. You'd just be like what did he say there? Like you'd be confused, you know. I thought he said butt mole. Like I didn't even know yeah. that it was a butt malt. That's not something yeah. anybody's ever said until the moment that this was on. And again, he says I can't leave the toilet. And her response is, can you just send somebody to the store? Like, the obvious reasonable thing to say. Like, yeah, what what would be... And it's like, he painted himself into such a corner. Like, what would be the funny response to that even? Like, 
<laughs> oh, I will come to your house where you're having diarrhea. Yeah. Be <laughs> <laughs> sweet if she called a man cow. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking the worst can i tell you another prank call he did that i didn't write the timestamp down for but like uh he called an adult bookstore and asked if they had cock rings and like of course they had cock rings and then he asked if they had like a large and like of course yeah. they had a large and then that yeah. was the whole call that that was what was funny. <laughs> god damn it he's it's fucking one of the sizes. <laughs> it's the whole the whole joke here like i'm trying to like i'm trying to like figure out where his mind was but i think it's sort of pointless to try to figure out where man cow's mind is because yeah, what he's do it. really doing no. here is just saying diarrhea is really funny you know yes like that's all he's doing <laughs> he wanted to use he had idea for like if, to try to get a couple of terms to like stick like a uh, butt malt and i'm surprised that you know what i mean like he was obviously the first one to say it, but i'm surprised you don't sort of hear it in the lexicon now you know that it never stuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean it, it really speaks to like how this culture treats conservatives that yeah. he made it so many good phrases that we just don't use simply because of his beliefs. It's really like yeah. unfortunate, actually. Here's some yeah. more. Like a goose. I'm shitting oh. like a goose. Do you have somebody that you can send after something? No, and I'm afraid to come into your store. What could be wrong with me? Who's poisoning? Oh, God, I got the butt <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> Every second of this has been like a real call. Yeah, so food right. poisoning. Well, My it, guess is food poisoning. Literally, <laughs> except for the part, like, everything about this, yeah, it's a real call of the pharmacies you may possibly make, probably not. Except for the part where Man Cow is like, "Oh, I've got the, I've got the duty surprise." <laughs> <laughs> like he literally just wanted to get these shitty terms out there. Yeah, and like he is, he's like George Bush invading Iraq. He's like, no, no, we just got to get it done. We'll figure out the reasoning later for why I'm calling. It. I just have all these hilarious terms for diarrhea. I worked really hard on. He he calls these phone scams too, which is fun. Like he he like feels like he invented a a type of prank call that is that that is like special. That is called a phone scam, which that is I'm, like I'm, another funny thing. He's how, how does it how does it finish? How does it? Because I'm interested. We haven't heard the end of like how did the, how does this prank call end, or does it go on for way too long? No, we'll finish it. We're definitely gonna finish. Okay. It. Here we go. <laughs> Do you have a doctor? My ass feels like it's on fire. Do you have a doctor? Mm. No. You mean one for my anus? <laughs> I I hate that line more than anything in this whole repellent. Do you have a doctor? Do you mean one for my anus? Yes, go to your would it why would it be for your fucking anus just a doctor it's just you're sick you don't have an actual problem with your anus <laughs> oh my god like he like what literally the punchline is the word anus god damn it he's fucking terrible 
Yeah, I, he sucks <laughs> ass. Like, and 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 <laughs> the absolute oh worst at everything. I got the Cochrane phone scam too, so we'll do that. Yes, one. but uh, I, but here we'll, we're gonna play this out. You know, we gotta listen to this whole thing because it is a work of art. Okay. <laughs> You're going to have to get somebody that can come after something. Could I uh, could I plug it up and come in? What I don't you, think so. What would you recommend? Mm, I am the product I recommend is called Amodium AD. She's like, listen, I've already told you <laughs> exactly. I've already fucking told you what to do. <laughs> this call should have ended a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, literally, this this like poor saleswoman who Mad Cow enlisted for this horseshit has better radio instincts than him. But can I ask? Can I ask why didn't he like write anything for her? You know, like he told her that she had to play a pharmacist. I, I think this the way this worked was Mad Cow wrote his part and then he said, I yeah. need somebody to play pharmacist. And like uh-huh. it was just somebody in a in the studio, like an intern or something like that. He's like, You're a pharmacist, and like didn't write their part. So like ninety-nine percent of the comedy that comes from a prank call is gone. Because the person's treating it like it's real. And I'm I'm wondering if it was like like just laziness or or like not very creative people, or if Mad Cow thought like we're gonna make this seem as real as possible and like yeah, just choked all I the think. humor out of it. That's what that's what I think is the case is uh, but but also it has to do with like these radio shows as you guys they do like super long shows every day and they have to do so much content. So I think sometimes they just rush bits through and I think it's a case of that where they tell themselves like, you know what, it'll be better if we don't write lines for her. Just have her do real reactions, genuine reactions it'll seem more real but in reality it's laziness and not wanting to write out proper bits that's my feeling yeah it's all it's laziness but also like he's just like he's allergic to anything that takes any effort like i i effort's the wrong word i think like it's creativity He's one mm-hmm. of the. I think he could be the <laughs> least creative guy, yeah, that we yeah. looked at, which is yeah. weird because he's also most dishonest. Uh, <laughs> he has zero imagination, just zero. Mm-hmm. Like he has the part of your brain that can see beyond just your immediate life. He just doesn't have that. That's like when he's, he when he was on that racist rant that we played like on the Manco episode, where like him. Even someone who's virulently racist and no one's listening, so he can kind of just be as racist as he wants. He his like image of black people is like it, it's somehow like most racists. There's like an element of creativity because you are creating this like hyper stereotype, like ridiculous image of this group of people you hate. But but Mancow is like intellectually bankrupt, even for a racist. Like his entire thing is like sub even like a boomer Facebook rant right. about like urban types in your neighborhood. Well, it's him being mad about saying stuff like he when he says, "You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. You're dumb." It's like a part of that rant, and you're just like, "What the fuck is he even talking about?" <laughs> Here, he has like yeah. He has he has no creativity and he's you know like and he's also I just thought about this he's also the only one that you guys talked about on this that is not 
extremely physically ugly. So I don't know if there's like a correlation there. But he's the only, <laughs> he's the, all the other hosts are like noticeably ugly and he's just a normal looking guy. You know? Yeah, he looks like every guy in Chicago. Just like, <laughs> to, like to, you know, max 20 pounds overweight, goatee, <laughs> shitty haircut. That's just like, that's like if there was a Chicago video game, that would just be like the enemy that you fight against. The lowest <laughs> level enemy would look like Man Cow. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my thumb work. I recommend Amodium uh, AD. Oh, hilarious. Someone in Do you also sell toilet paper? Why wouldn't they? Of course they do. Why wouldn't they sell toilet paper? Guys, you know, I just realized, like, I listened to this episode. I was sort of, I was like half in and out of, like, I was listening to all of these episodes you guys did, and that part just came back to me now, the toilet paper part. Like, it's like, that's his, like, capper on the thing. Like, that's how he fucking... And of course they have toilet paper. It's just, <laughs> the whole joke. It's the, it's like, you, like a lot of people write a joke or a funny thing. And, and they're like, I want a bunch of, I want this to heighten and build to like one big, like major mm-hmm. laugh. But the whole, the whole structure of this prank call is, uh, isn't diarrhea funny like that's the whole fucking idea behind this call and everything's and, and you get it right it. away yeah you, like you get it immediately you just like there's nothing more to know within the first 10 seconds you understand the humor of it and you're not going to get any additional humor <laughs> at all i was trying i like i really did expect I, like I'll, I'll i i think we're almost done with it here oh oh Oh, diarrhea, cha cha cha. Yeah, well, he had to do his catchphrase. He had to do his catchphrase. The diarrhea, cha cha cha. It's just like it, the whole joke is diarrhea, and like the funniest lines in it are unintentionally very. Like, do you sell toilet paper? To him, it's funny because toilet paper touches your butt. To us, it's funny because he's asking a pharmacy if it has toilet paper. <laughs> like the idea that it's yeah. funny that a pharmacy has like that 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 that, that again, it's just toilet paper like touches your butt and that oh my god you know what's funny if he called you like if 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 he called you you and you were on the other end of that call legitimately you would think that he was that he was mental that he had like a mental problem (laughs) you know (laughs) you would think there's something wrong with them asking those types of questions you know (laughs) totally true all right uh we're gonna do one more man cow uh prank you remember like when you would do like the columbia house like you know buy like 11 TVs for a penny and they send you like seven and then like they send you a bill for like $500 and like, yeah. you never get the rest of them. But then, then they just send you like random shit. Like I remember they sent me like the Twister soundtrack and like Jimmy Buffett and shit. <laughs> uh, and then like expected and then like, like sent that shit you didn't order, but with an invoice, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, they, Cause they would, they would like, so the 11 CDs, what, how this worked was, the 11 CDs that you ordered, you would uh, pick those and they would take those and they would figure out what you would be most interested in 
and they would send it to you and you would have to buy a certain amount of those ones they sent to you, but you could also send them back, but people just didn't send them back. And, uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I told this on street fight, but I'll, I'll just really quickly tell you, I had a buddy who was like 15 and, uh, he ordered, he did the, uh, 11 CDs for free. And then they came after him for the money, like for, for the other <laughs> CDs and his parents wrote disaffirm on the bill and they couldn't come after him for it. Cause he was a minor. And they just really? fucking wrote it off. You could just write disaffirm if you were a minor and they couldn't hold you to a contract. That's what, that's what I'm going to do for my student loans from now on. I would love to do that for my student loans. <laughs> I'm just going to write disaffirm really big. <laughs> it's actually really funny that like with, my, with your student loans, you were probably like 17 or 18 when you took them out. I took mine out when I was 35 and I'm like, yeah, they should also let me write off my student loans. I was too dumb. <laughs> hey, to they should, man. I'm sure they use some kind of subterfuge on you still yet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was too no dumb to take them. But I, I, Kid Rock, uh, Devil Without a Cause was an I, when I actually found Kid Rock, like, uh, my brother, for some reason, bought his album and, and brought it over. I don't think any of us had ever heard it. Mm -hmm. Never heard Ba with the Ba. This was like before they were playing it anywhere. That's before they were playing on TV or anything. And we just had had it. And we were like, oh, my God, because like that album is such a synthesis of every fucking single thing I liked at that time, you know, and yeah. done by a guy with my personality, basically. <laughs> <laughs> there is a. Uh I don't know what it is, but if there's like a, uh, I don't know what you would describe it as, but there's like a uh, a Detroit like hillbilly like adjacent thing, you know. What I mean, same thing with like Columbus or a lot of a lot of the cities in the Midwest, like we've talked about. Like uh, there is a uh, certain um, uh, delightful tackiness, you know, that comes with uh, with that kind of thing. Yeah, and he was sort of like. I mean, people didn't talk about trailer parks very no, like in especially in a positive way ever. Right. And like I like I lived in a trailer park when I was in my 20s. I uh, my mom lived in trailer parks all of her life out in Kansas or through most of her adult life. And I would spend, you know, weeks during the summer at that. So, like, I knew so many people from a trailer park It was like you didn't tell anybody that you were from a trailer park. You like had to keep that secret because it was like the worst thing. And just hearing a dude even say that was just like, okay, like this guy, this guy is like me because there is something I wanted to talk about on this. The most is like that, that whole thing about like, uh, red, rednecks like rap music a lot. <laughs> I guess. Yes, dude. Yes. That's the thing is like, I remember reading something about, you know, the rapper Yellow Wolf, who that is? Yes. From Alabama. And I remember reading something when he came out and somebody was like, oh, it's not like you're going to hear. He's got this lyric about like somebody driving around in like a, a late model pickup truck blaring uh, like Beanie Siegel or something like that. And somebody's like, oh, that would like you would never see that. And it's like, yes, the fuck you would like people like hillbillies have very discerning rap taste. And I think that's born out of a common class thing. You know what I mean? I do too. I, 
I mean, everybody, I, everybody I grew up with liked rap music. Like there, I lived in Groveport, Ohio. It is not like a cultural hub of the country or anything like that. It was like, <laughs> it's a village surrounded by farms, you know, and everybody yeah. listened to rap music there and everybody liked hip hop. I mean, they also did like country music and they liked rock and stuff like that. But rap music was ever present in my life, you know, totally. from, from totally. I, at least from the fifth grade on, I like heard MC hammer in fifth grade and like, Nothing was ever the same after that. It was kind of like, oh, wow, this is music, you know? Man, I, I remember when I was a kid, my sister had LL, all LL Cool J's records, and the first music video I ever remember seeing was Public, public Enemy Fight the Power. And uh, I love that shit. Like, I always have and always will, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's just interesting that there's a, what would you, let me ask you this. What would you say is like, okay, you're in Groveport. Okay. Like just go back with me a little bit here. Yeah. And you see some guy riding around in his pickup truck or whatever. Like what are like the top five rap songs you're going to hear out of that truck from, from back then? I mean, for it or like, you know, just whatever. Cause I, I know off the top of my head, it's going to be, Eminem, Superman, uh, <laughs> Master P, Nelly, make him say, uh. with me. oh yeah, <laughs> Master, Master P, bourbons and lax, or make him say, uh, yeah, any Master and P, they loved Master P, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, everybody, everybody I went to middle school and high school with had like the fake no limit, like tank gold chain thing, <laughs> yeah. it was a status symbol, yes, <laughs> people i mean everybody in groveport was into like master p and, and like all of the every no limit thing like silk the shocker yeah. all those guys like they loved that shit and it like yeah it's it, that's why it's so like i mean like i guess like when you hear devil without a cause you kind of there's no way you should be surprised that no, it became this fucking huge thing because it is like a synthesis of like everything that white redneck guys like, you know? Yeah, it really is. It's the perfect distillation of all those tastes. It's like, and, and he, look, he, he, people think he's ugly, you know, people will say he's ugly, but I, I even think he's like a really good looking white trash guy. You know what I mean? Like Dude, at the he time. Is the guy. There, he, Kid Rock looks just like this guy I went to high school with. Named, his name was Randall Allen Gross. And the only way I remember his middle name is he had his initials tattooed on his arm. It spelled RAG. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked just like Kid Rock. And this guy got so much fucking play because of that fact. It's yeah. insane. He's the, he, a, guy with, a guy with RAG in a guitar string tattoo on his arm got all... Got all the plot. I know, guys. Kid Rock is like a, 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 a he. He is like a dream man in a certain part. Like in certain parts of the country, he's like a, a the model. He's like the guy that would get. He's like the jock that gets all the girls at school. He he just he has like he has that look. He he dresses like that, and he I don't know. I mean, he was just he was so. Uh, 
every, I don't know, because he grew up rich, right? Like, we both, right, we, yeah. We know he grew up on an apple orchard in a mansion. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know how this happened because, like, okay, so he grows up, uh, his story kind of runs, it's very, it's an odd story. Because it starts out, his dad owns a bunch of car dealerships, and he lives in a mansion on an apple orchard. And then he tells, back in the early days, which we covered in the last episode, he tells a story about how he got kicked out of his home and moved into, like, Detroit, in the inner city Detroit, right? But now... Right, right. But, but at, at this point now... I mean, not during Devil Without a Cause. I think during Devil Without a Cause, that was still kind of the origin story. But now, like, he seemed to get everything right on Devil Without a Cause, like, culturally. He's talking about acid and mushrooms and methadone and trailer parks and just uh, drinking 40s and smoking Winstons. Like, he got everything right. But now yeah. it comes off like super astroturfed. You know what I mean? Like, he's not getting it right. Like, he's not being honest. And it seems like he retconned the part of his career or the part of his story where he was hanging out with rappers in Detroit, like, supposedly selling drugs. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's, um, yeah, it does feel a little, um, yeah, like you say, astroturfed. And also, too, it's funny. I, I've got a great secondhand Kid Rock story that kind of um, sort of illustrates that point a little bit. Like, my, okay, so my friend—I don't know if you met my friends Matt and Carrie at one of the shows or not—but Carrie's brother is the fiddle player for Tyler Childers, okay. and when I guess when Tyler Childers was playing a show in Nashville, of course. Kid Rock has a has a compound in Nashville on top of a mountain, and uh, he was throwing a party up there. And I guess everybody in the Tyler Childers sphere got invited to this party because I guess Kid Rock is a big Tyler Childers guy. And so my buddy Matt gets the call and says, "Do you want to go to Bobby's house?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like Bobby, and then they're like, you know, you know, Bobby. And, of course, he knew who he was talking about. And so Matt says that. So you go up this long-ass winding driveway, and you finally get to this gate at the bottom of the hill. And there's, like, you know, like the intercom and all that kind of stuff. And you call Bobby, and Bobby buzzes you in, and then you go, like, another maybe mile up the mountain until you reach the top. And have you seen, like, the guy's camouflage trailer? Uh, Kid Rocks, I have. I have seen pictures of it. It's a real thing. Like, I, I thought this was, like, some kind of, like, just bullshit, like, you know, whatever. No, the guy really does live, or at least one of his homes, is a camouflage trailer on top of a hill in Nashville. And he's got, like, a big Ford F-350 Raptor that matches the camo. And, like, he's really leaning into it. You know what I mean? Like, the whole... Yeah, like white trash chic thing. I'm actually looking at it. It says he lives in a double wide. He he calls yeah. it a double wide. Yeah. Well, apparently this is this trailer 
is like you go in and it's like got the normal accoutrements like you know like the the little carpet and all that stuff but everything in there is like super fucking nice like the toilet is like not a trailer toilet but like some bougie ass fucking bidet bidet like could be found at the quimby house <laughs> well no i don't have a heated seat okay and i have a fairly <laughs> cheap bidet okay okay hey but you're gonna upgrade to the heated seat you know get a couple more tours on your bed oh yeah i need to just make a little bit more money before i'll just replace the toilet with like one of those japanese ones that's right that's right so matt says he's got all this stuff and that that you know he's kind of like you know just in awe that he's even there and he goes out to the back deck to join everybody that was in like tyler children's band and everything and he says that they're out there and Kid Rock's like strumming like Bob Seeger on the acoustic. Oh, God. And that he puts the acoustic down and walks over to Matt and hands him a Coors Light and says, Hey, man, I'm Bobby. Thanks for coming. And he was like, Matt's just like, Well, I, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I, mean? I would be pissed. But here's the here. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Would you be pissed that it was a. Uh, uh, Coors Light, though, you know what I mean? Like, that, that like, hey man, you're rich. Like, give me something. You're going to Kid Rock's house, and you're giving you're giving me a damn damn silver bullet. Yeah, I want I want a craft beer. I want the Kid Rock <laughs> fucking special whiskey. You know what I mean? Like, there's probably that's there has to be a company that made aged scotch with Kid Rock's name on it, face on it. Yeah, it's exactly right. You know, you know there is, and. He said that the most telling thing about the experiences, and this just tells you exactly the whole ethos of this type of guy, like the Kid Rock archetype. He said that we spent the rest of the night playing uh, Bob Seger songs on the acoustic, singing along. He said, and the rest of the time was spent with Kid Rock telling everybody how much more talented black people are than white people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is par for the course, you know. I mean, people are probably going to be surprised to hear that, though, because he is also known as, like, a racist guy, right? Like, I mean... Yeah. He... And this like, is new, though. It, it, like, some of this... Some of that stuff is is pretty new, you know, since 2016 or so. Yeah, I feel like he's really leaned into the whole Donald Trump thing and all that stuff. But I feel like... Like, there is a guy that is racist but doesn't think he's racist and sort of tries to shore that point up by saying stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Or like, or like consuming certain, like, you know, black cultural art or product, whatever the case may be. And uh, when he said that, I was like, yeah, that, 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 because we all know that guy. And oh, yeah. that guy is. Kid Rock is one of those guys. I did something humiliating to Gwen <laughs> that she still brings up every day. Oh, no. Uh, a boy in her class that seemed like a sweet boy. I know you're going to say. And his dad's name is Terry, which <laughs> I think everybody knows I love Terry's. Already you're just on board with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Gets invited to a birthday party. Uh, I make her go. 
because I'm like, you, you got to fucking go. We get there. She's the only girl at the party and hangs out with the kid's mom the whole time. Oh, <laughs> there was no. me and six boys and oh, they were no. all splashing in mud puddles at the park. <laughs> How old were you, Gwen? I was a third grader. Yeah, that's not cool. That really, like mom really is your best choice at that point. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a happy choice you're making. Yeah, it like wasn't Ooh. fun. My dad made fun of me, but like I, it was either him and he was like talking to Terry the whole time yeah, or course. the mom. Yeah, Charlotte has the same thing. Uh, she tends to like, maybe it's just an only child thing, but she walks right up to grownups and are just like, hey, you want to go play Barbies? Or like, you want to go do something? Like, she that's who she wants to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think a little bit of that is is an only child thing, is that uh, you you just like become comfortable talking to adults at a, at a younger age, I think. I think also if you have like a good relationship with your parents, you're just easy. It's, you're, you talk to adults more and are like weird about it. But... So I, wait, you go to this party. I know this is outside of our subject matter because you're not a teenager. Is it, are you like, you don't want to jump in the puddles? You have no interest in jumping in the puddles? Or are you like, it's weird because I'm the only girl? Yeah. Or are you like... Well, like, everybody had said they weren't going to go. And I told my dad that no one was going to be there. But, like, he forced me to go. <laughs> That's why I made her go, though. Yeah, you don't want anyone to feel bad. I yeah. know. Some kid has a fucking party and nobody goes. Uh, yeah. Well, no. Now what happens is some kid has a party, nobody goes. They post the picture on the internet and they get, like, a million dollars and they get to go on an Ellen. Dude, so TikTok videos, if you post a TikTok that, like, you had a birthday party and no one came, even if it's not true, you can get a lot of views and a lot of comments saying, like, throw another party and I'll be there, girl. Don't worry. Keep your head up. <laughs> Gwen showed me a TikTok. Gwen was crying the other day about a TikTok. <laughs> So it's trying to help her feel good. Explain the TikTok first. It's like this, like, do you say he's 30? 25. I, I think know. you think everybody older <laughs> than you is 30 to 40 years old. Yeah. He mm. was like 25 then and he was sitting on his bed in his pajamas and he was talking about how his Halloween went terrible and it was the third one in a row and he <laughs> was just so sad and he didn't get to wear his costume for the third year in a row. And I felt so bad for him. He so, was like, that was just the whole TikTok was just sad. Yeah, it was just him sitting on his bed alone. And he was like, I hope your Halloween goes better. Oh. And it was really sad. So I started telling Gwen, like, you know, I don't feel bad. Maybe he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, you know? yeah, he might suck. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's 25 years old and he doesn't get invited to parties. <laughs> Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe he's just weird. Maybe okay. people just don't accept him. He deserves better. That's possible. But she showed me a picture of the guy, and he's there's nothing about him that indicates weird. Right. Right? Except yeah. he didn't get invited to a fucking party, you know? Yeah, it's not like he's getting picked on because he's weird looking or something. He's just maybe a weird guy. I yep. This what? is actually interesting because this was something I was going to bring up when we were talking about, like, what to talk about on the show. And... uh. When I was a teenager, I felt very, like, oppressed by everyone. Like, I felt like uh, I was very put down by people in my school because, you know, I liked angry music and I wore black and I just was very sort of cliche, like, all these people don't understand me kind of thing. And then when I look back on that time, what I actually realized was that I was just pretty mean to people. <laughs> and that's really more i think all of the problems that i had 
were, were a lot more just that I was kind of an asshole and didn't really recognize that. And uh, it wasn't that people were unfairly judging me. <laughs> so right. I think that, that can sometimes be true. Like if somebody isn't, uh, you know, if somebody has like social skills and seems like relatively normal and they're still like, talking about how everyone always abandons them or whatever. It's like, maybe that's something they're doing. Yes. You know? I also got to say, like, that third time, you really got to line it up. Like, you got to start in <laughs> yeah. August. Like, in August, you got to start getting people to agree to invite you to a party. Like, Either that or stop buying fucking costumes, dude. <laughs> like, just buying a costume a with no plan is insane. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. This is famously how most people came to know, at least my generation. This is how most people came to know Jim Rome uh, is the famous clip from E-Bombs World is where it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's where it was really popping around. Um, but where, yeah, Jim Everett, who was a, a quarterback uh, in the NFL in the 90s, 80s, 90s, he... Uh, Jim Rome would call him Chris Everett all the time. Chris Everett <laughs> being a, a famous uh, female. female tennis player. Yeah, so what? he was insult, and and so he's basically he's saying uh, it, it has to do with him saying that he's not a man. So it has to do with the way that he would run out of the pocket and avoid contact as a quarterback. So that was his big thing uh, about calling him not a man. Um, but he had famously called him that a lot on his radio show. And Jim Everett agreed to come on the show and discuss it. And that's the background. I think you got to admire Rome for doing this a little bit. He has, it sounds like Jim Rome might have the Chris James like thing where he doesn't mind being uncomfortable, you know? In that, like, I probably wouldn't want to have him off. Yeah. But he he's all about conflict and ratings. And definitely at that time, he was still trying to really make a name for himself. So I really think it was calculated. Like, I think it was very calculated. Like, he's like, he's like I'm going to have him on and I'm going to say it to his face. And we're going to try to have well, a big, crazy moment. But I feel like you can't ever expect somebody to whip your ass. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I don't know if you if you're looking at someone in the face and they tell you, I do not call me that again. Do not question my manhood. And they're a professional football player. And you look them right in their face and you say, you are not a man. I don't know. Like, I would expect someone to try to kick my ass then probably. <laughs> so um, like, the first thing I want to do before I play this audio is I want to read this quick thing that I that. So ESPN, Jim Rome left ESPN. He, he had worked for ESPN for a period of time. And um, he, he left because of, um, partly because of something that was in a book about ESPN called Some Guys Have All the Fun. And I, I believe I've even read that book. But uh, there's a little section on Deadspin that talks about the book and why he left. And this is what uh, the guy that ran ESPN thought when the Chris Everett thing happened. I thought it was a complete embarrassment. Exactly what I was worried about with this guy, Mark Shapiro, then a production assistant who would eventually become executive vice president for programming, called and got me out of my fantasy baseball draft, which is, come on, dude, you're an executive in New York to tell me what <laughs> happened. He just said, hey, you should know this happened. He walked off the set. There was confrontation. It was physical, the whole works. We got to get PR in the room. What are we going to say? 
what are we going to do? I don't think he was elated. I think he was nervous. This was a new experience for him, and he was a young guy, so he was kind of looking for what's the best direction here. Uh, they all got together and talked with him, and they decided they weren't going to suspend or fire him. And uh, yeah. so here's the clip. Of course, I don't click it. You know what I mean? I say here's the clip, but I, I don't <laughs> click it. I'm like, a, I'm fucking great at this. Just remember. <laughs> Here it goes. He is now playing for that team that he lit up. I'm talking about the new New Orleans Saints quarterback, Jim Everett. There's the game winner right there. All right, that was then, and this is now. He's now a member of the Saints. Jim, good to have you on the show. Good to be here, Jim. Thank you. Check that. Chris Everett, good to have you on the show. You know what? You know, you've been calling me that for about the last five years. About uh, two years, actually, Chris. Well, hey, you know what? Let me, let me say one. Can I say that this already it looks fake for a minute like crit or crit, i almost called him chris everett i hope he doesn't kick my ass but jim everett seems like uh in good he seems like it's all in good humor like he's having a good time i don't feel like it feels that confrontational at first yeah you know? if, if you look at the video it looks more confrontational but audio wise it's definitely it sounds like it's a it's put on right now like up until this point it sounds like it's like a staged bit absolutely is, is there is there the part is there like the what, how do you say it the uh the chiron at the bottom yet where it says like don't call me chris man or whatever it says no, on I, the I, bottom yeah <laughs> it's like in the like most 90s looking fucking font it's like the funniest fucking thing like if you have not seen this clip you have to watch it because the humor is really in them playing putting this chiron on the bottom and like the fucking like extreme tony hawk Pro Skater 2 font that says like don't call me Chris man <laughs> I love that you're saying this and, and I'm just going to say this now this is a secret behind the scenes preview that's the aesthetic we're shooting for with the Street Fight TV show <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so fucking serious like extreme 90s fucking uh, make it look like hard rock radio but here, here we go One thing in that game how many sacks did I have that we came back and won how many sacks did yeah, you have? Game. How many sacks? Let's see, but this was back in 1989. Okay, so you, you may have even been Jim Everett back there, but somewhere along the way, Jim, you ceased being Jim and you became Chris. Well, let me tell you. What a fucking prick there, man. So do you understand what he's saying there, Brian? Like, I mean, because I think that that might be a, a little nuanced thing that he's saying that non-sports fans might not understand. So, so Jim is a quarterback, and... Uh, Jim Rome is uh, right. His real name is Jim. I can't even remember what his actual name is. It's Jim Everett, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jim Rome is accusing him of being a pussy because he wouldn't take sacks and it took, it took his team out of the game. So he was calling, he, he was saying that like he, he, he was, he wasn't a real man. Cause he wouldn't sit, he wouldn't sit in a pocket and take his hits like a real man would. Yeah. Is that like a, a thing that, people get on people for i mean not not so much anymore with the uh, concussions and whatnot but, <laughs> in the cte but, area yeah yeah the cte area they kind of understand now and i think a lot of people are like yeah i think jim everett was kind of right to do <laughs> i mean it's it, it is like a thing where like uh the thing i've been learning the most about a lot of these guys is they're guys that have never done anything in their lives except for talk and uh, they expect these guys to basically get killed when they're playing the sport, if, if that makes sense. Like, the, the, to say for, for Jim Rome to uh, insinuate that, that 
Jim Everett is less of a man because he won't take a sack when has Jim Rome ever taken a fucking sack? You know? Yeah, that's the absolute craziest part about it is like Jim Rome is this absolute little fucking worm, like the greasy <laughs> little worm who is just like, yeah, probably never, yeah, never even set foot on a fucking football field. And if he did, you know, he well, wasn't nearly good enough to make it. And yet he's sitting here insulting this fucking incredibly fucking macho dude who's playing in the, the National Football League. Like, well, yeah. that's like that's the thing, though, with the guys like this is like their argument will always be, oh, well, I didn't sign up. For, I didn't sign up for the NFL like you did. Like, if you want to sign up, like, you got to you got to pay the price or whatever. Like Jim Rome, like thinks that like, oh, like Jim ever could never do my job because he didn't sign up to fucking come hang in the jungle. Like, you know, he wasn't ready. And this guy just can't run out take after take like I can. Like, he wouldn't be able to take a hit like that, you know. <laughs> it's like it, that's always the thing that these guys say is like it's like like they could have signed up like they just chose not to like, and like so like you're less of a man because you actually do it but you do it in a, like, a way that preserves your life <laughs> well, that's not good enough for Jim well I'll say it this. is funny that <laughs> no go, go ahead Tom no I was just gonna say it is it is funny the audacity to sit there and say that to like a 6'5 220 pound motherfucker that like <laughs> You know, yeah, you're athlete that could like just fucking throw you through a goddamn window and, and it does it does <laughs> later on in this clip. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll play. I'm going to get to the confrontation here. Let's uh, let's see it. A little secret that, you know, we're sitting here right now. And if you guys want to take a station break, you can. But if you call me Chris Everett to my face one more time, I already did it twice. Better, you better you call one more time. We better st take a station break. I already did it twice. Listen, I'm not taking Jim Rome's side here, but that takes guts to do the I already did it twice. Yeah, he, he <laughs> has guts, no doubt. But I think that it is like it's guts in service of just like the, the <laughs> most like it, it's, it's he's 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 like really seeing this as a career opportunity. I really believe that where he's just like, OK, you're going to this guy might punch you in the face. You might get hurt, but you're going to make a fucking career out of this. Like this is going to be your moment, you know, so I, it is guts. But I think it's really shitty guts, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, he's not saying that like in a macho way. He's like saying that with like expectation of getting a payday. It's like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Yeah, it's yeah, like a guy. It. It's like a guy jumping in front of a car at the Walmart so he can collect a fucking. That's like yeah. I guess that guy's got guts, but he's also just kind of a fucking worm too. <laughs> See, there's something about it though. Like, uh, uh, there is something about a guy being willing to take a punch for his art. <laughs> That is appealing to me in a way. Yeah, from a big guy, from a big, strong dude, you know, yeah. who could really. I mean, that's the only thing about the clip that I wish. I really, I wish he had have not just grabbed him. Like, I wish he had have fucking cold cocked him. But I guess <laughs> it, it would have been worse for him, probably. Like, if he really hurt him or whatever. I, I don't know if he'd end up. Did he? Did they? Did he get sued? I, probably not, right? No. Uh, I, Let I me will, see. I'm on the. I will give you a yeah, little bit. You got of it. Background stuff on this, though. Uh, he did actually say, and it's really fucking funny. Uh, Jim Everett uh, said a major fast food chain offered him uh, a shit ton of money to use it in an ad. And he was like, yeah, man, go ahead, do it. But Jim Rome blocked it and wouldn't sign off on it. Oh, what, what a loser. 
So I wonder, what a fucking loser. I wonder when that was. I wonder when that was. And I wonder, because I think at some point in his career, he's pro- he's wanted to distance himself from that event. You know, it's once it's served its purpose for him. Now he doesn't want to be known as that guy, you know? Yeah, he wouldn't. He, it didn't say when in, in the article, but I thought it was. Uh, I, I'll, I'll read you the. Well, let's play the rest of the confrontation. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's that. hear this. Here we go. Well, it's a five-minute segment, or five-segment show. We got a long way to go. Well, we do. We got a long way to go. We do. I'll get a couple segments out of well, you. Well, it's good to be here with you, though. Well, it's good you to know, see you, too. because you've been talking like this behind my back for a long but time. But now I said it right here. Right. Can I say that Jim Rome looks like he thinks he's playing, like, verbal chess in this? And <laughs> <laughs> irritating look I've ever seen on a guy's face. Yeah, he's trying to. He's very, very clearly trying to agitate him into a, a physical altercation. Very, very clearly, everything that he's doing is meant to do that. Here we go, Tom. Would you ever get punched in the face by a football player to, to get the trailbillies covered more? It depends which quarterback. <laughs> like Doug Flutie, yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's, some, that's a name I know all too well. Being a Canadian as I am, true, true. I would take a. I would. I would get tackled by a football player if it meant street fight would get covered on TV. <laughs> Here we go. I'm. Well, we got no problem. Well, I, think it, I think that you you probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay, Chris. <laughs> just it's so funny, dude. It's so funny how quiet it is. It's just like them wrestling around for like 15 seconds. That's yeah. the only noise. It's just like. <laughs> so now I want to go can around. Play, can go you ahead. play it one more time, Brian? Can you play it just just where the where the altercation starts? Because just just that kerfuffle sound is great. Here it is. Again, I bet I do. Okay, Chris. What's funny is the lack of conviction on that last Chris was. Yes, because he, he knew that was the moment, and you could feel he was starting to get like that. You know, his cowardice sort of showed through a little bit there, because he's like, okay, when I say this, he is going to hit me. So like, I'm gonna say it, but I don't really want to. And he's like, Chris. Yeah, he had to say it though, right? Is this? Yes. Does anybody? Of course, because now he's been confronted. You know, yeah, his manhood. And does anybody know if this was if this was like a live show, then like if he didn't say it, which this had to be a live show. So oh, it was a live show. It. Yes. Yeah. If he didn't say <laughs> yeah. it, people would have given him shit forever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like he just fucking he knew what would have been the move. And this is me putting myself in Jim Everett's shoes is for Jim Everett to just reach across the table and slap him in the fucking face. Yeah, for real, for real. That's what he should have done. Just like a heavy-duty slap to the face and then just <laughs> kept, just sat there like nothing happened. There's no worse insult you can give to a man than just to, to smack him. Yeah, just stare him right in the face afterwards. Like you're not at all afraid of, the, of what's going to happen as a result. Fucking just knock slap. him out. Knock him out yeah. with a fucking slap would be so fucking good. <laughs> um, so here you go. Here's Everett. With all this business about Jim Rome leaving ESPN, we figured we would check in with Jim Everett, 
the Rams, Saints, and Chargers quarterback who Rome repeatedly called Chris on ESPN2 in 1994. Everett charged Rome. The video endures on YouTube. Everett is now a financial professional in California. Mm. Didn't make me like him. <laughs> so here we go. I don't watch him anyway, so I don't care. Everett tells me over the phone. He's got a certain style. It's not respectful to people who go out and try their best. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, this guy, why, how can this guy sound so fucking corny? How can this guy be a NFL player and sound so corny? He's just like, now my biggest issue with him is that he's giving a hard time to people who are out there trying very hard. He went to Purdue. That's why. I mean, he's a oh. Purdue guy. <laughs> You know, they're just, I mean, you know. God, this guy sounds like he's fucking having to stop this interview every couple of seconds to push his fucking glasses back up on his face. <laughs> he's trying, he wants civility in sports talk radio, Chris. Yeah, no shit. Like he's, this is this whole thing. is like, no, you're making it seem like, yeah, you should be specific about, he should just say like, yo, this guy was incredibly disrespectful to me, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's more though. Okay, this, so oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Read you some more. Of this this is like a, a whole interview, but uh, it's gonna be it's it's really funny. He says ESPN wanted Rome so they could score points with young rebellious audience, the intended audience for ESPN too, where Rome show aired and they did just that they wanted to make a quick buck too rome will criticize anyone everett says he'll dog gordy howe if he has to oh yeah <laughs> gordy why why is that the reference i mean a great legendary hockey player but why did he go to hockey why did he not go with the obvious choice of wayne gretzky if he was going to hockey that is a bizarre reference <laughs> He's the dork, man. I can't believe he yeah. actually went okay. through that to tackle him, like yeah, that, to knock totally. him down with how dorky this guy is. So, so, so we've been covering all this, and I so I pulled up the Wikipedia page to just like to to find out what happened at the end of the story, and I found literally the most insane thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, we're talking about you know Rome's audience and who he appeals to. Um, he also hosted the memorial service for Pat Tillman. Yes, well, that's <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, it says right here. Like, in what? What? Like, was he friends? Close friends with them? That would be pretty wild. Uh, anyway, Jim, uh, let me, oh, it just—that's the only thing it says on the Wikipedia. Can you imagine uh, Rome hosting? Tillman is a jungle legend. Uh, I guess he was on the show a lot. I guess he called into the show. I guess he's. I guess he. Yeah, he. He maybe had some beef a couple some week. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, Jim Rome speaking at your memorial service? <laughs> like, yeah, just just like that? just like uh, Pat Tillman, Brian, Brian you know who hero, hero. Do you know who Pat Tillman is yeah, hero. Okay, okay. I just want to like maybe give a little backstory. If he's basically the socialist socialist football player who died in Iraq. Yeah, yes, yes. Hero. He yeah, hero, yeah, hero, hero. This hero, guy, hero, 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 hero. I have a, I have an article here about their collaboration with uh, the military and another song that we should play from Godsmack when it comes up. Uh, the name of this article is "Why Godsmack Was Used in Navy Recruitment Ads." Is kind of awesome. I have read this uh, article. <laughs> 
It's from wearethemighty.com, which I'm assuming is like, you know, a, 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 a soldier's publication. Um, this is written by Eric Milzarski. Uh, this is from 2020, April of this April of this year. Amazing. Okay, you couldn't turn on your television in the mid-2000s without seeing one of the adrenaline-pumping recruitment ads created by the United States Navy. Keith David's majestic yet empowering voice tells you that being a civilian is overrated and that life in the Navy is frickin' badass. A message delivered atop a crushing guitar riff from Godsmack's Awake. Not the song I want us to play, by the way. It's a, it's a later song. What if we play Keith the commercial? Uh, let, let me get the right commercial, though. Uh, Keith David signed on because he, despite having never served, he's an avid supporter of the military and veteran community. In fact, many blah, blah, blah. Uh, do, 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 do. at the turn of the century, the Navy was in trouble, was having trouble connecting with younger generations. Previous recruiting campaigns were falling flat. So the Navy worked with Campbell Ewald, the advertising firm that came up with Ford's like a rock. No, no. What? Yes. To develop something inspiring to young adults who sought high tech adventure. There's uh, a connection. Yes, if you're familiar with, if you've listened to our 80s episode, you will listen to me like uh, speculate that the uh, 80s era of Roots Rock is but, which includes John Mellencamp's song Like a Rock, which I think I erroneously attributed to Chevy. I guess it's a Ford. It's actually a Bob Seger song. I that's what I told him last week, but he's, he wow, he's insists wow. it's some other band. <laughs> it's Bob Seger, dude. Wow. Okay. Uh, Old time me, rock and roll, baby. That's 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 exactly right. Yeah. That's but Damn, too. Okay. okay. But as hell. You're right. Damn. It's I like really but figure too. But that song sucks. Yeah. Oh, but he really he he really feels the passion in that one. Um. The other thing about you know the it's interesting. Also, I think what also that like what makes this stink is uh I'm thinking of like the Wizard by Black Sabbath, which came out uh 32 years before this song mm -hmm. and it erupts so much energy and scariness and like spookiness and this is trying to do that and you're just like when is it going to get when's the voodoo like like when is the intensity really going to happen i think for a lot of this music it's like all right i guess you're you sound mad <laughs> but I, I i mean i've heard madder songs than this you know like i've heard more intense music Right. Totally. I mean, so there's, it's funny that you brought up Black Sabbath because when I was like listening to shit for today and like listening to the uh, American imperialistic music that is the 2000s butt rock, I was thinking about Black Sabbath and I was like, in fucking like 1968 or 1969, Black Sabbath wrote a song called War Pigs that called, that compared generals to pigs and witches. Yeah, like and saying that the devil was smiling at their efforts for war, and now in, in the and they're not like leftists. Like Black Sabbath is not leftists or anything. They're just they just like rightfully acknowledge that war is bad, you know. And in the year two thousand, in the decade of the two thousands, we have uh, multiple rock bands being like, I never served in the military, but I fucking love those guys. <laughs> it's freaking awesome. 
Yeah, and and like even the threat, like uh, the the Metallica stuff was anti-war. They weren't. They didn't think it was great that those guys were getting sent over to deal with the stuff that was in their songs. Dave Mustaine was was writing anti-war songs. You know that was the underground metal, but the popular stuff. Um, and like if you're trying to appeal the most audiences, if you're trying to get on commercials, you can't be. You can't have that going for you. Like you have to step, take the step in that direction, and. Uh, and this, and after nine eleven, I mean, what else could you do? I mean, there was there was just no other options. Yeah, you weren't going to be doing anti-war songs after nine eleven. Let's play the Navy commercial real quick. It's thirty seconds, and uh, we can hear a little bit here. Do you know which which one? Which which? It's the which one with the wake. Playing here. It's the one with a wake. The the with Godsmack. That's on doing, you should do sick of life if if you can find sick of life navy commercial oh yeah that's the one with keith david right yes, do that one yeah i um here it is i i mean they just and there's like even one of my favorites um the big copycat band of godsmack that i like the most is tantric uh because that guy's voice he just really leaned into the voice. Like he doesn't even sing anymore. It's just like, wow, hell, hell. He just does that stuff. It's so fucking awesome. How this, lazy it is. This is the only Navy one they have. So let's see what it, cause it also, I, I, I typed sick of life, uh, Navy commercial and the same commercial came up. Let me try again. I was also thinking about it too, where like, yeah, like, you know, fucking Lane Staley was a junkie. And so, and so were like a lot of the thrash metal guys. And so much of music was like this outsider group. Uh, and it made a big, it made such an impact in the eighties and MTV turned it into this household thing. Um, but nowadays I guess kids on opiates just listen to like mumble rap instead which is that's their version of like alice in chains if they want to hear like heroin addicts you know sing about pain yeah yeah here is uh they got, ju they got juice world instead yes Pursuit of all who threaten it. Navy, accelerate your life. Call one eight hundred USA Navy. Don't call that number. We were asking you not to call that number. <laughs> but yeah, that is uh, uh that is that sick of life or was that awake? I can't remember. That was awake, awake. But I googled sick of life Navy commercial. You can try this one here. Today. USS no, this is definitely not right. Yeah, they don't have the sec sick of life on YouTube. Okay, that let me let mistake. me read just from from this article uh, because it says yeah. Uh, but those outside the uh, God Godsmack frontman Sully Erna received plenty of flack for signing two separate contracts, each allowing one of their songs to be used in a in recruitment ads. Awake was authorized between 2001 to 2004, and the contract was again renewed to allow for use of their latest song, Sick of Life, between 2004 and 2007. Um, can, can you play a little bit of Sick of Life? I might be able to find it now that I know. Uh, Just here. play the song. It doesn't have to be the ad. 
Okay. Sick of life. Also, also um, Sully Erna went on tour with Aaron Lewis over the summer to do a bunch of like unplugged acoustic shows at American drive-ins. I was going to go to uh, that. I, I, we should have gone to that. It was, <laughs> we should have. Yeah. There's too many unmasked people though. I bet. Um, the other thing I just read an I just read an interesting article about Aaron Lewis, uh, who had beef with Wes Borland. Oh yeah. Uh, because apparently Wes Borland was in, in a, uh, airport and Aaron Lewis came up to him and was like, Hey man, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm going home for Christmas. I'm going back to LA. And he was like, Man, you're not from LA. You're from Florida, man. <laughs> and West Borland was like, I've lived in LA most of my life. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And Aaron Lewis That's is so doing right. this. I love he's on this beef. country boy shit. Yeah. <laughs> country boy from Massachusetts. Aaron Lewis, Aaron Lewis is like a great. I don't know, a benchmark for 2000s butt rock, and it gets to a lot of of the argument that I'm trying to make here uh, after Brian plays Sick of Life. Here's Sick Aaron of Life. Lewis, lead singer of Stained, for those not in the know. Very cool guy, yeah. Cool guy. Too cool for school, really. It's it's playing. It just has... Is it? It's, it's got a, it's got a uh, quiet beginning. Oh! It's like blind a little bit. <laughs> uh oh. Wait, it is. Brett, I got a little trivia for you about Tantric when we get out of here, too. <laughs> this is the part that was in the commercial. Okay. It's it's just so generic. I mean, it's like it's when someone tells you that there's hardcore music out there and you do zero investigation and then you just let them the, whatever came on the radio. You're like, God damn, that's crazy. You can do that with an <laughs> instrument. <laughs> Here's your tantric trivia, Brett. Uh, uh, they so, you know, oh, the band, oh, yeah. you know, the band Days of the New. Who's saying, yeah. uh, won't you touch me, touch me? Well, that lead singer started to feel real strong about himself. And uh, he kicked everybody in the band out. And that band is tantric now. What? A new singer. <laughs> yeah. Tantric yeah. is Days of the New with a new singer. Yes, pretty much. With yes. The term that people said what he does is called yarling. Have y'all talked about yarling yet? We didn't call it yarling, but yeah, chin singing, a lot of people call it too. That's what See, Solly does too. Yeah, I like the, well, Godsmack has some some growly stuff. It does sound a little more aggressive. It's not all the way, whatever that voice, that, that yarl, um, which I mean, I don't know how that all switched that direction. Um, because I thought Vince Neil was sounded cool when he sang. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to take a piss and I came back and you guys were talking about Vince Neil. I have no idea. What's going no, we were talking well, yeah, about you, the you pissed me off when you, when you said Mount, when you said Molly Crew sounded like Warren, like you sound, you sound like <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> 